the Nikki Burns Show with Jenny Green. The Nikki Burns Show with Jenny Green. Yeah. 2FM. This man knows more about sports uh, than Donald Trump apparently does about Mackie D's. It is Mick McCarthy. <laughs> How are you, Mick? Nice callback to well, well, the last listen, week's conversation. We to, yeah, We have to do our best, you know. So we're going to start with uh, a nice story. Uh, I was reading this myself this morning and looking at photos too. Uh, Shane Larry. This is lovely. Um, he's yeah. won his first tournament in three and a half years of victory in the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. And yeah. he's very happy. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. so Sunday morning, a lot of people, this was something that like he was leading all weekend and it's his first big tournament. It's the first tournament of the year in the European Tour. And Shane's had a pretty tough time in the last couple of years, as he says, on the course. Like, he's, you know, things have been good off. He's, um, you know, um, had his uh, married kid, everything like that. Everything's gone great. But just on the course, just slipped a little bit. I'm just struggling to kind of get his form. And he played very, very well this week and then went into Sunday. And again, because of the time difference, this is kind of happening on Sunday morning. And yeah. the country is sort of seeing tweets and sort of tuning in and kind of getting there as, you know, he started off very well, slipped a little bit and then made a bit of a comeback at the end and chased it and really went out and won the tournament rather than kind of falling over the line, which is always great to see. But it was just when I was watching it, I like turned it on. Everybody was on, on Twitter kind of telling other people to turn it on. And it was just, there was an outpouring of just love for Shane when he got it people really really like Shane Lowry because he's just he's a down to earth really normal guy and that sometimes that can mean like we're going to talk in, in a second about the fact that he um he put out a brilliant Instagram story the next morning of like celebrations went well and like you know a, a, just a table full of kind of uh, pint bottles of cider and wine That's and different too. things and it was a full on party you know <laughs> and, and that is definitely one reason why people love him is because yeah. he just does what we all do and if he's after cel- he's going to celebrate something he's going to go and have he seems like a very normal, down to earth guy, considering the job that he does, which is very stressful. To be fair, when you're at the top of your game, exactly, like that. and that's what he is. But he's also he's also like everybody else in that you know he takes his work seriously and he wants to do the best he can, and he gets kind of upset about it when that's not going well. You know, there's there's more to it than just likes a drink when you call somebody an everyman. Yes. You know, <laughs> so although I think everybody associates that with him, there's a lot more to it than that with Shane. Mm. And I think when he did win on on Sunday, and you seen his daughter. Um, Iris, um, like two-year-old, three-year-old daughter, kind of coming onto the green to give him a hug after he won. It was just very emotional. And then, of course, she kind of doesn't really know what's going on at the end, so she's kind of like waving to the crowd as he's doing interviews with Sky Sports and sort of, you know, and, celebrating. Not, and he not was quite like, sure what she's that celebrating. That was the moment he said that he'd been dreaming about forever. Was even yeah. having that moment doing and so having well. Having them there, they wouldn't having be at them, every tournament yeah. either, you know. And it was just a really nice touch. And look, it, it, the great thing about this as well is that it sets him up for the year. You do this early in the year. Look like he's back into the world top 50 could get, you know if things continue okay in the next few weeks he'll go to the masters um which he didn't qualify for last year you know the biggest tournament in golf and you know he'll be set up um he can pick and choose his tournaments now which he wouldn't have been able to do because he's he's kind of settled now he's won enough money and enough points to kind of keep his tour cards and everything like that and and kind of be in a comfortable position which is exactly where you want to be at the start of the year so you can go and attack and to be honest Lowry's one of those players as well that if people watch golf you know he's one of those players that is naturally talented enough that he's kind of capable of anything so while he might be world number 41 now or whatever, it wouldn't surprise anyone for him to go out and have a really big year and win a couple of this more This is it. Well, yeah. I, I think this could be his year and it's, you know, it's obviously so. somebody really nice he's doing really well. He's only 31 as well. For in, in golf terms, he's You always think these people are much older than you. You're yeah, like, oh no, they're not. Uh, right, we're going to move on. Uh, Louisiana Eye Doctor is offering free eye exams to NFL referees after the New Orleans Saints overtime loss to the Los Angeles Rams. This, this... 
It's brilliant. Yeah. What happened exactly? Okay, so this is uh, this is a sore spot for anybody with any love for the New Orleans Saints altogether. First, I'll take you back 12 months. Last year, they lost in the playoffs as well in one of the most bizarre circumstances ever. One of those things that when they show highlights of crazy moments, it's already got a name. It's called the Minneapolis Miracle. <laughs> it happened, obviously, Minnesota Vikings beat them with the last play of the game. It was a miracle play. One of the defenders fell down, ran in for a touchdown. They couldn't believe they did victory absolutely grabbed from them and suddenly they were out this year they come back they're stronger than ever they're the top number one seed going into the playoffs they win their first game now they're in the nfc championship game that you win that you're in the super bowl super bowl happens on sunday week they won't be there because basically they just needed if a penalty was given. It, it, this is a kind In of hard. To, I'm, I'm trying to explain now. this for people who don't know anything about NFL. Keep it, right? Keep but it simple. They man. needed. Keep it simple. They needed one more play. Okay. And then they would have been in a position where they could run the clock out and the game would have been basically over. The Rams wouldn't have had a chance to get the ball back and they wouldn't have over. So they throw the ball out to this guy on the sideline. He's about to catch the ball. And then the defender runs into him about three seconds before the ball arrives and just knocks him clean off his feet with his helmet. There's literally, people have looked at it, there's three different penalties that could have been called on the play, which, if it's given, is the first down that they need and they win and they're in the Super Bowl. It is, I've been watching sport I'm 34 years old. I've been watching sport for 34 years. I watch an awful lot of different sports and I watch it very, very, like quite religiously. I don't think I've ever seen a worse refereeing call. And that includes Thierry Henry's handball wow. in 2009. Okay, right. so it's like, up there. It, it, as in, like, think about something as obvious as what Henri did, as in handling the ball three times before he, he hit the yeah. ball. And it's even more obvious than that. And, like, how, co- so- no, and in NFL, you have like six guys watching this. Six referees who can what they do is they are throw they a flag. saying there was some conspiracy? I mean, um, they, they are really, saying yeah. that. I don't necessarily well, believe that. What I, what I think is that, that they kind of they bottled it a little bit and kind of thought, oh, if we do this, the game's over, and we're ending it on a penalty. And you know, I think it was just in a snap in a snap decision they just made a mistake and they bottled it. But what naturally. The fans of New Orleans, having suffered heartbreak last year and now even more heartbreak this year, are reacting in the way you would expect them to. One of them, that Louisiana eye doctors you're saying, offering free eye exams. It's that kind of thing. And that is a great reaction and that's a good one. There is other ones that are even more serious. Like there's a class action lawsuit by by two... to uh, Saints fans that has been taken up by a lawyer and actually gone to a district court in New Orleans to try and put an injunction on the Super Bowl from happening and ordering that the NFL replay the game because of some obscure rule in the NFL rule book that say that can happen. We always get a great story, Eddie, about NFL each week. I always kind of know. I know know, there's something spectacular. There's only one game left. We'll have to find you something else. Well, look, stay with us there, Mick. Uh, We're going to take a song. We do have a a great tennis meltdown to share with everybody in case they missed it. The Nikki Byrne Show with Jenny Green. Weekdays from 10. Nick McCarthy is with me. We are going through some of the sports stories. Um, this is actually brilliant because it's it's not that shocking really either to uh, hear of a tennis player having an absolute meltdown. No. Um, Pablo Carreno Busta, I think if I have that right, yeah. has been accused of bad Busta. sportsmanship after ending a match in a fiery outburst, let's say, at the Australian <laughs> Open on Monday yeah. night. Bad sportsmanship like, is probably one way of putting it. I don't see what the problem is. I think that the more passion you can show, the better. It's entertaining. Yeah. And it's what we all love. And look, it's, it's kind of what... I was 
going to say what we grew up on with like John McEnroe. I'm not that old, but what you grew up yeah. watching old videos of is like kind of these outrageous decisions being argued um, back and forth. You don't have them as much anymore because we have Hawkeye. Mm. Um, to make decisions for us. So this was actually one of the rare occasions where there was a dispute in that. And what happened was this guy, Busta, Spanish player, um, in the Australian Open, like first Grand Slam of the year, really, really big tournament. And he's facing um, Japanese Nishikori and they're in a final set tiebreaker. So I, I, it's important to um, stress that this is after five hours of tennis. Right, okay. If not more. Like yeah. it's over so five hours. So exhaustion has well and truly kicked exhaustion in. Exhaustion has well and truly kicked in and it becomes like do or die, this mm. is mine to win. He is in a final set tiebreak, which in um, in in the Australian Open is first to ten for a final set one, as opposed to the usual six. And he is winning eight five. He's two points away from winning the tie mm-hmm. and going through to the next round. Uh, the ball... He hits a, a, a shot that goes out. Um, it goes out. Uh, the other player, Nishikori, hits it back, hits a winner. He challenges the call, and it shows that the ball was actually in. So he it got reversed. But what's, hap- what's meant to happen there is, unless the, the play was completely decisive and nothing could have changed, mm-hmm. you replay the point. Right. The referee decided that it was a decisive finish. Nishikori gets the point. <gasps> This is like this is a very very unusual situation right. that this would come up because yeah. normally it's very very clear which one one or the other is, and absolutely uh, Buster goes absolutely mad like completely throws his toys out of the pram arguing with the referee all the way through the rest of the game doesn't win another point so he goes from eight five up to losing ten eight so the wheels loses came the off next, then once the, that happens the next five points thinks the world's against them. But as he's going off and people like have seen this amazing game as said that's gone on for like five and a half hours, there's nothing really like a close five setter in tennis. It really if you kinda of half watch tennis, yeah. you'll always tune in for that like really close fifth set because it is just such it's such kind of gladiator stuff, mano a mano, and you're going up against each other exactly. to death, you know, and they're so exhausted and they keep going and it's brilliant sport. So normally this happens, like both people clapped off the court, but he just won't stop giving out to the, to the and he's screaming at the umpire. So the whole place starts booing him in the Rod Laver Arena and he's he's been booed off the court. So he just gets his, his bag of tennis rackets and launches across the court. You'd get fined for that now, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, he absolutely will. He basically <laughs> went from one, one, one side of the court to the other, just throws it, goes kind of, ang- and, and it's a terrible almost walk of shame when you have to walk all the way over to pick them up and still walk Oh, off. he had to go and So he kind of went up, picked them up. God, I would have left them there yeah. and gone. But he maintained his dignity in his uh, in his temper tantrum by instead of just kind of walking off with a walk of shame and the head down, as he picks up, he turns around and once again just absolutely screams at the umpire <laughs> and then disappears into the tunnel to a round of booze. And it was it, it, it's the best Amazing. tennis tantrum I've seen in a couple of years now at this oh, stage. So. It's just cool. If you haven't seen anyone listening, you should uh, have a little look and check it out. Uh, we're almost out of time, but our final quick one is a mistaken identity at the Man City Huddersfield game on Sunday. Uh, and what happened to yeah, this poor this, poor man? This is a, this is a quick one, right? So this one that really hits home with me because I am the worst in the world at having no one someone looks like, but not committing to who they are because I'm afraid I'll get it wrong. Yes. So Huddersfield have a new manager, uh, Jan Sievert, a uh, German guy, but wouldn't be the most well known. He's Borussia Dortmund's uh, reserve mm-hmm. manager. Uh, so the Sky Sports presenter Huddersfield were playing Man City he's about to take the job the next day and the Sky Sports um, guy Peter Davidson goes into the stand to where he thinks he's seen Jan 
and goes up and goes, are you Jan, the new manager? And your man just replies, uh, no, I'm Martin from Wakefield. So the poor guy kind of sheepishly kind of tags him, goes off. They, they put they put this guy Martin on Sky for the rest oh, of the game God, laughing about him. what's happened. And look, it's a mistaken identity. Do they absolutely. even look alike? They look, they don't look too bad. Like, All I mean, right. you know that, you know that uh, Patrick twins. was going off <laughs> a picture that he'd, not, he'd seen your man and was just hoping that he was. I wanted to get a bit of a scoop and it was a good idea but unfortunately it didn't work out and your man Martin the, the, so the stadium this isn't on um, mic but yeah. they'd showed it happening live so you could see it on the big screens and the crowd who don't know the commentary and don't know what had happened think that this is the new manager so your man Martin is getting selfies and oh, stuff God. with him and pats on the back and best of luck with the new job for the rest of the game he's still famous <laughs> now anyway absolutely Martin from Wakefield <laughs> Martin from maybe Wake. he could do a better job uh, you never know Huddersfield are bottom of the league so possibly we might be giving him a share ourselves uh, right uh, Mick McCarthy thank you so much as always the Nicky Burns Show with Jenny Green